Did you know Super Awesome Mix has an app? Go to the Apple App Store today and download Super Awesome Mix. It's free. You could start creating and sending your own digital mixtapes in just a few clicks. Also, there's links to our Instagram account and a link where you can follow your favorite podcast. Speaking of which... Welcome back to another super awesome mix. My name is Matt Sidholm alongside my co-host and co-founder of Super Awesome Mix, Samer Abu Salbi. Samer, how are we doing today? I'm doing real well. So excited for today's mix. So, I'm so excited. I just want to jump right into it, honestly, because it's kind of a first <laughs> for us. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's just really fun whenever we actually get to have a live touring musician um, be in our presence. Yeah, we've had a couple of DJs on the show, you know, but they didn't really talk about their work directly, but they they presented pretty cool mixes. And we've had former musicians on the show as well, yes. but again, not nothing nothing like this. So, let's get into it. Okay, he is uh, an author. Um he's a rapper. He's a world record holder for most songs commercially available to reference a video game. How about that? Okay. But we're here to talk about and hype up his latest album. It is called Live 95, and in this, the 75th season of the NBA, there's no better tribute album to the great game of basketball. Um, his real name is Raheem Jarbo, but we know him as Mega Ran. Ran, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, how y'all been? Doing great, really doing good. great. Yeah. Good, good. Uh, yes, it's it's uh, to address that. It is a very unique category. Um, they're giving out Guinness World Records for anything uh, these days. Um, uh, apparently, most songs recorded on a Wednesday was uh, was one that I was I was really close to, but uh, <laughs> I'm still working on it. Uh, you wouldn't have to no, know but it was, what number that is, would you? I'm curious. Oh man, that's just gonna put a target on my back. Um, <laughs> of people are like, yeah, I gotta beat that. Let me look. It's right here in my room. It's 138. Wow. Uh, so there are 138 rap songs that I've written about Mega Man specifically um, that I've put on the internet in various ways. Now that yeah, like I said, that's that's a lot. But um, <laughs> I didn't know that was a category. And the guy just kind of messaged me and was like, "Dude, we're doing the gamer edition of the um, you know Guinness World Records and." how many songs do you have about Mega Man? And I was like, a lot, bro. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, yeah, that's certainly a record. So yeah, let's do this. And uh, so yeah, I'm really happy about that. Well, you know, Mega Man was not, I mean, it wasn't a short video game. There's a lot of levels. There was a lot into it. So I, I could kind of buy, you can get 138 songs out of that. Yeah, there's like probably 20, at least different games. Yeah. And like, probably 20 tunes in each game so there's so many like i barely scratched the surface there's still tracks that i listen to i'm like hmm, why didn't i ever do anything with this one or about this one you know so you gotta put that maybe it'll happen you gotta put that way out of reach all right you gotta keep going just you know my, going. my goals yeah just gotta keep you gotta going. be the jerry the rice of of mega, <laughs> mega man tracks right. like just make the records unbreakable like impossible, like, impossible to catch impossible yeah to catch. <laughs> that's right that's right Mm-hmm. Um, well, okay, speaking of maybe another record you're on track to get, I mean, maybe, you know, rap songs about basketball, because your new album, Live 95, is all about, 
you know, the NBA and the game of basketball, which, which I love. I graduated high school in 95. I, I think you may have too. And so, I mean, yeah. this was right up, right up my alley. Yeah, man. 95 was just an important year for me for so many things, you know, just personally, as well as all the things that I really loved about pop culture kind of coming together and coming to a head. You know, this is like a really, really crucial time, you know. And so there's video games, there's comic books, there's sports, you know, many of them hit like a golden age at that time, you know, within the mid 90s. So. uh, So, yeah, we're just taking all those inspirations and putting them into songs, but also in a way that was was cool. And that made sense, you know, not like I dribble down the court and slam dunk the ball, you know, it's like, uh, nah, but it's more or less. What were you doing when Michael Jordan was scoring and making unbelievable plays? And where, where was I when these things were happening? And that's mainly the, the focus of the album. And I'm super proud of it, man. It's um, it was a fun record to create. I spent pretty much this whole year working on it. And uh, and then we hit the road for tour. And then it released while I was on tour, which was fun, but also nerve wracking because like you got interviews, you got to do press, you got things you got to do. And then I'm moving from city to city. So I don't always have time to to fit those things in. So so I just want to say that to say thanks for making time to chat with me, because I know it was tough kind of nailing down a, a schedule to do that. But thank you for for being flexible. Absolutely. I mean, we were really excited at the opportunity get to talk to you um we both listened to your album i loved it i mean it's it's got a lot in there i actually found myself laughing at a couple of things which is always like fun um there was one that stood out whenever you were about to begin a third verse and you're like no third verses were so 2006 like <laughs> i just started laughing i loved it so much <laughs> yeah i just wanted to have fun with the record man I, i've done so much stuff where you know it's um it's been a lot of serious stuff you know we've we've come through some serious times especially in the last two years and uh and this was the record where i just wanted to relax a little bit let my hair down and and have some fun so yeah that that song you're referencing is a comeback player of the year and that just came from a conversation we were just talking about with friends and somebody was like three verses what is this 2006 (laughs) you know and uh, so i was like i'm gonna put that in the song somehow (laughs) it worked it worked so well it's great (laughs) thank you (laughs) no that's great so you've put together a mix for us today that was the the inspiration for this album so some of it's you know maybe directly tied to basketball some of it not so much but like you said, you know, the album's not just about basketball, but also what you were doing at that time. So so getting into it, track one, you uh, you picked Find a Way by a tribe called Quest. Ooh, one of my favorite tracks. And also, I believe if I could remember the, the year that it came out, I think it was 98. Mm-hmm. So it's not a 95 record, but Tribe Called Quest is so much a part of the 90s for me. And uh, and this record came out on Tribe Called Quest's final album. Uh, this was like they all announced beforehand last album we're breaking up the band and I was so sad and honestly I was so sad that I didn't listen to this album when it came out like I was like I don't want to hear their final album like I just don't maybe if I don't acknowledge it it didn't happen (laughs) so but then I heard the single, and this was the first single from that album, and uh, and it was just man, it's an awesome beat, just so funky. Those claps and snaps happening on the snares, like it was stuff I had never heard before. And it turns out that was um, the production of I believe Jay Dilla, who helped them out with that, um, the late great producer who um, who did a lot of work on that album. So 
I've still never listened to it in its entirety. And like, just full disclosure, can't just because can't let go. I can't let go. A tribe called quest is a part of my my upbringing, man. And and like when you announce beforehand that it's the final thing, I immediately think, ah. Oh, you guys probably didn't even want to do this. You know what I mean? Like you didn't want to be together for this. Like you were like, let's just get it over with. So in my head, I'm like, it's probably not that good. So I'm just not going to listen to it all the way. So, so therefore, so I won't have to make a full judgment on this album. I've never listened to the whole thing. I've heard about six songs and I like them. And this is one of them. Um, And uh, find a way is sampled on a song that I have called flight. Um, my producer DJ DN3 he um, he created an 8-bit version of that track and uh, and we chopped that up and used that into the samples so at the very end of the song there's a little bit of a um, an Easter egg I guess where there's a piece of the vocal sample that happens during their chorus as the song is fading out a part of a Tribe Called Quest chorus is in the song but it's so low that like I didn't think man, you'd have to have an astute ear to to really catch it, and a few of my friends have. But um, but yeah, like that song was to me, you know, it was it was vintage Tribe Called Quest. You know, like it's a song about you know uh, relationship issues. Like, hey, girl, are we in this for real, or are we just kind of playing around? You know, and it's like, all right, that's that's par for the course for what I was thinking about in, in the, in the late nineties, you know, <laughs> like, what are we doing here, girl? You know, <laughs> like, are we trying to build something or no, you know? So that was why it was an uh, essential track for me and, um, very much an inspiration in this album, but mainly the production, you know, it's just like a, I can't think of any other word, but like crispy or crunchy, you know, it's just like, when you listen to it, all you hear is that clap, boom clap you know it's just a really distinct sound where it's like multiple clap sounds like multiple hand claps all like layered on each other which made for a really interesting sound which um jay dilla did to perfection so so mainly and and um dj d and three mel my producer is like the number one jay dilla fan like he's so inspired by dilla so so I, i thought it was important to have him be a part of that and um i'm real proud of the record so that's why i find a way made the cut those nice. Are, that's no. a great reason. I love it. I mean, what a strong <laughs> opener. <laughs> to... uh, yeah, that was that was a little wordier than I thought it would be, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's but it's really important to me. Like especially, you know, I didn't even think about all of the other like connections to a tribe called Quest and not listening to the album and all these other things. But but yeah, like it was just it was a, um such an influential moment for me. Like I remember being in college and being like, nah, I'm not. I, I can't. I I can't buy this album because. That's me acknowledging that it's the end. <laughs> I love that. And you have them live on in your own album now. That's a great little I Absolutely. Mean, that's, that's the kind of insight you're not getting, you know, unless you talk that's to the what, man himself. That's true. And you'll, you'll hear this a lot. I tried to pay a lot of homage to some of my favorite stuff throughout this album. So it's definitely, for me, it was like old school becoming new again. You know, like it wasn't intentional, but there's so many great new production techniques that are happening in, in electronic music and dance music and hip hop, but I didn't do any of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? It was like, this was all an organic album. You know, there's just traditional instruments, traditional production styles. There's no 808s happening. And like, and I didn't even mean for it to be that way. It just kind of came together 
if, if it's going to be a 90s album, you know, I felt like it has to feel like the 90s a little bit. That's brilliant. I love that approach. Um, well, you know, I said it was a strong opener, but then you've got you've got a really strong number two here coming up, um, which is Proceed to by The Roots and Roy Ayers. So tell me about that. Oh, one. my goodness. OK, so I'm from Philadelphia and so are The Roots and The Roots are my favorite band of all time. Um, absolute favorites. I think Black Thought is the, the greatest rapper of all time. Questlove is the greatest drummer of all time. Um, so the the Proceed song in Philadelphia, and I thought it was just like a super regional thing, but in Philadelphia on the radio, it seemed like every day they would play a different Proceed version. You know, they'd be like, oh, Proceed Part 2 is out today. And then next week, Proceed Part 3. And I'm like, what? How? And then Proceed <laughs> Part 4. And, and like, there were like seven different ones that I'd heard. And then it turns out, because the Roots just released the um, anniversary re-release, I think 25 year anniversary of their first album. And it has all of the remixes. There's like seven of them at the end of the album. And I'm like, I knew it. I knew I heard these before. And like one night late at night on a, on a you know evening mix show where I heard some different version. And um, it's a very classic hip hop, you know, chorus. Um, I shall proceed and continue to rock the mic. And so they say that over and over again, and it's just a vibe. And then on this one, it's literally a vibe because Roy Ayers is involved yeah. playing on the, what is the vibraphone? Mm -hmm. And uh, and man, it's just, it's such a great sound. The beat is awesome. Uh, the rhymes are incredible. Um, yeah. It's just one that, man, just inspires me because it's just like, just rapid fire, just great wordplay, similes, metaphors, like everything that makes a great rapper happens in that song. Um, you know, smooth, catchy chorus, great beat, uh, and then like lyrical dexterity that will challenge you. So there's also a tribute to that on the album, on a song called Fab Five, where I use the I shall proceed and continue to rock the mic. Uh, and on that song, I, I dedicated an, uh, a piece in, in tribute to the song proceed which is why i picked that song no that's great and you, you talk about the vibe and roy Ayers. he was featured on another mix we had earlier this year his song i am your mind which is just mm. such a cool song and you talk about vibe and so him being a part of part of this and and you said you know proceed such a legendary song and then you put him into the mix as well this was a really cool version yeah, they, and I didn't realize they had a video for it. So as I was searching through the internet just to listen to it, I found a video on YouTube and I'm like, wait a minute, they're on this rooftop in like New York City and then they show Roy Ayers kind of behind them like playing and it's like, it's just so cool. And um, and I was like, how did I miss this? So like this happened in like 93 or 94 and I didn't know about it. But um, yeah, it's like two of my favorites coming together, The Roots and Roy Ayers, so. All right, well track three, We've got Smiley Faces by Gnarls Barkley. Mm. This one hits me on a more personal but less musical level. Um, the Gnarls Barkley album is incredible. I love it so much. And, you know, and mostly everybody thinks about crazy. That makes me crazy! <laughs> you know, and um, but this was to me, you know, and to everyone, this was a this was a challenge, challenging record, you know, challenged the ear because we were listeners who knew CeeLo as a rapper, you know, mm -hmm. and he sang the entire record and sang very well. And um, and man, there's so many great songs on here. And so I, I purposely didn't pick like 
the big song right you know right. crazy um i played this song on my road trip constantly from phoenix to, to from philadelphia to phoenix when i first moved here i rode with my buddy chuck and that, that is a 36 hour drive and um and we had a road mix together and a lot of it was like old songs that i liked old songs that he liked and then we played the entire Nars barkley album and it's short it's like maybe not even 30 minutes and we played that album probably 10 times on this road trip and the song we repeated the most by far was this one smiley faces and it brought a smile to my face like it's literally a song that when you listen to it and you it's kind of to me it was like happy before happy like pharrell's happy you know same kind of concept of just you know put on a smiley face you know like we know like we'll get through this together if we just if we could just put on a strong face you know and it it inspired me so much and it's a part of and it's kind of a a mentality that i kind of live by it's like all right you might not feel like smiling but but i'm gonna i'm gonna make it through you know and uh it's gonna be okay and uh and this is a song that i still play to this day when uh when i need a little pick me up it is absolutely perfect for that. I love your description of it. That's exactly like my feeling. I just imagine myself wanting to be like beachside, like, you know, relaxing, <laughs> kind of feeling good, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. weather, like all that kind of stuff is in this song. Um, it's And I love it. It feels like almost like a throwback vibe to it in a sense, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you would never guess it was produced when it was like it, it could have come out in like the 60s or 70s and you'd be like yeah, yes okay, that sounds like that um so mm-hmm. really really cool i love and appreciate that you didn't just pick you know like the his his biggest hit there um because i had not yeah. heard this particular song so i'm kind of hmm. i'm very happy to have been introduced to it really nice cool. nice glad to hear it yeah i try not to go with like the big jam especially for the you know, a, a playlist like this. I didn't want to go for like, oh, here's the song that sold 90 million copies and everyone <laughs> right. knows, you know, you're like, I got this little known jam called Inter Sandman. I don't know. You probably never heard it. A little I don't know. Path, you know? <laughs> a little ditty by, by a group called Metallica. Um, yeah, they're on the come up, you know. <laughs> Speaking of people you've probably never heard of, track four, <laughs> Heavy in the Game by Tupac and Richie Rich. Hmm. Okay. This is another one that came off of a really big album. This is from an album called Me Against the World, um, which a lot of people consider to be Tupac's best album. He, um, I think he had just gotten out of jail. There was so much like scrutiny and controversy around him at the time. And so I feel like there was a lot of venom in a lot of what he was saying because he was just like, man, F the world. Like nobody wants to see me succeed. And, um, and by the end of the album, it starts to mellow out a lot. And uh, and this was one that I mean, there's so many on this album that I love, but uh, but this was one that I think gave me some some good vibes. You know, I love the beat a lot. It's just this funky West Coast beat, hard bass line, you know, um, and then another Bay Area rapper, Richie Rich on it. Um, so this isn't one that I. Uh, I think, well, I guess I kind of stylistically was definitely inspired by for a song that I made on, on my album called In The Game, which uh, features the Outlaws, who are guys who were friends with Tupac, who had recorded songs with him over the years. And um, so I say stylistically because I think Tupac had a very interesting way of creating choruses where he would name the song, use the name of the song and, and, and kind of repeat it while there's like some singing going on behind him, you know? And so that was 
a stylistic choice for my song in the game where I'm saying in the back, ain't nothing else to say, man. I guess it's in the game, you know, while there's a great singer over top of me singing out the, the true chorus of the song. So, um, so yeah, uh, for, for that reason, especially, you know, I just love the vibe that that song brought to me. And it's like, you know, I, I think in that he's talking about just kind of his come up and his rise. Like, man, I went from, you know, nothing to something. I was this kid on the block and now I'm I'm doing cool things and I'm heavy in the game, which I guess maybe is some West Coast slang for like, I'm important, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I, I dug it. So my song is about, uh, unfortunately, how legacy isn't necessarily respected in the game of music, you know, and I, I wanted to talk about that in, in the record, how, like, I think our, our contributions are so important. And uh, if they're not going to be important to like them, to like the people who, you know, are the tastemakers, then they should at least be important to you, you know. So please, like, always keep those things in mind, your contributions, you know, don't ever think you're small potatoes because MTV doesn't know who you are, you know, uh, because this game don't love anybody. They don't love, they don't love nobody. Like it sucks that music is, is I won't say the only place, but especially because wrestling is the same way where like, you're literally as good as your last thing, your yeah, last match, right. your last song. Like that's it. Nothing else matters. You are old news. The moment that song is old, you know, and uh, and it sucks, man, because like so many people have created so many magical things and moments, you know, but we say things like, oh, they fell off or they're, you know, and it's it's right. awful, you know. Yeah. So that's really what the song is. About. Well, and one band that's come up over and over on this podcast is Hanson. <laughs> Who was known Yo, for? I heard Bob, the Hanson up. Right? I, I was about to say I've heard Hanson a lot on this on this podcast <laughs> okay. for sure. It's like, but everyone keeps coming on and bringing more Hanson songs, and I'm like, that's an awesome song. Why haven't I heard that on the radio? That's Yo, an awesome song. They had, and that's exactly they had what bangers. you're saying, right? They had bangers yeah. in their catalog. Everybody just thinks Mbop. Yeah. They have legit bangers. Man, we talked about them on tour, too. We were like, man, <laughs> forget Mbop. Like, there are some bangers in Hanson's catalog. No but they, but no one, you know, listened to them, you know? No, I'm a convert. I'm a convert on Hanson since we started the <laughs> podcast, for sure. Like, I'm a believer. But it's exactly yeah. what you said. Like, it's it's they're doing so many great things. And it's just they're not getting the, the widespread love for it. But... Obviously, the people who are really listening to music, I mean, are, are tuning in and, and really, you know, getting it. They get it. So. The people who know, yep. they know. They know. <laughs> yeah, that's you it. know, you know. Yep. All right. So these next three tracks really focus on the game of basketball. So I'm going to introduce all three kind of together. You could talk about each of them. Each of them's really kind of legendary. I mean, I'm Outstanding by Shaq, Now You're Mine by Gangstar, and the legendary basketball by curtis blow mm. yes uh so of course if the album's about basketball i have to go and find you know and find reference and, and uh and inspiration in some of the songs that have been released that are about basketball i'll start with curtis blows basketball because probably one of the first i've heard you know and where he was just absolutely unabashedly like this song is about basketball <laughs> so i'm gonna call it basketball the chorus they're playing basketball the first line, basketball is my favorite sport. Like, I can't drive it into you any any further. So it's kind of like, as much as I love that song, it was almost like, this is definitely what I will not do in the album because it's been done. Yeah, 
It's been right. done at a high level, you know. So he talks about his favorite players. He talks about his favorite plays in basketball. Very, very much straightforward to the point, which was, which is what I, I do love about old school rap. It's like, yo, this song's about basketball. And I'm going to tell you that it's about that, you know. Um, but super catchy. I play it in my mixes when I DJ. Um, really fun. Um, the other one, probably this, the next one I heard was Shaq outstanding um i think that came out maybe this is his rookie year as yeah, well yeah the album shack diesel i bought it proudly amazing um i think i think i bought every shack album you know <laughs> as a kid they're some of the first albums i ever owned and uh i had the and they bad, album man. too did you have that one? yes yes, he, yes. he rapped on yeah, that yeah that's his debut uh-huh. so um but man like people will talk about shack being you know whatever they can say about him but that album and and his entire like music career, he's basically like cherry picked the people that he loved and he wanted to work yeah. with. He's like, oh man, I love Jay Z. I would love to do a song with him. I love Biggie. I love to do a song with him. Like, and he just he did it. Like, I love that. Like, that's what I would do if I was a millionaire. <laughs> so it's man, like Eric Sermon does the production, mm-hmm. who's like an extremely dope and uh, accomplished producer, and so outstanding samples. The Gap Band's outstanding. And it's and it's Shaq's life story, you know. But and Shaq had like a a charming kind of kind of delivery where it was like straightforward in your face, not particularly like great, like not going to be super lyrical on you, right? But but like but there was some charm to it. Like he'd have some kind of cheesy lines here and there, and um and I was a fan of it, man. I I really loved it, and I think Outstanding is the best example of like Shaq's rap career being like decent you know a lot of people may not look fondly on it but i think you can you can play back songs like outstanding and uh and talk about you know hey man he he did some cool things uh and then lastly um the gangstar record now your mind i think appears on what movie maybe white men can't jump um yeah i think that's right and um and i heard it in an and uh on the album i hadn't heard it on the soundtrack and I felt like it kind of was out of nowhere. I was just listening to his album and, you know, I love Gangstar stuff. And then there's this whole song about how I'm going to dunk on you. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, wait, okay, cool. You know, and I really love it. The song's clean. I'm always like looking for super clean rap songs mm-hmm. that are fun. And uh, and I love that about it. And uh, man, it, it's, it's just totally encapsulates like 90s rap. You know what I mean? Like upbeat, jazzy sounds going on. You know, DJ scratching in there um, and a really like just fun record to be like, yeah, I'm better than you. Like you can play this on the basketball court, you know, just on a boom. I can imagine it on a boom box sitting on the on the bleachers, <laughs> you know, at a, while a basketball pickup game is going on. You know, that's great. And just real straightforward, like Curtis Blow, like I'm going to do this mm-hmm. on the basketball court. Yeah. yeah. I um my my notes about that basketball song I thought like what a great way to introduce someone to like the sport because it really is it's like he's got these lines here you know I get the ball and I go play you know like a superstar in the NBA the forwards the centers and all the guards and I was like this is so helpful you know thank you for telling me all the positions of, of the players <laughs> no, out there let me tell you I, that's good my kids are five and eight I played that song for them and they loved it they're like yeah okay basketball yeah. I get it I like playing basketball nice. <laughs> I get it. that's I good love- when I was <laughs> I was gonna say, and I like I just thought like 
could you even do this for any other sport? Because if you did like an NFL or a football game, it would be like 10 to 15 minutes long. It's like you got oh, the gosh. Center, you got the offensive lineman. You got oh, the, man. the linebacker. You got the quarterback. The linebacker. You got a fourth so down. You could soon. punt or you could go for it. Or you could, <laughs> you could punt or you could go. Oh, you can't step over the line. Well, you step over the line, but not only after the whistle blows. But you can't do this and you can't hit them hard and you can't you got to put your guard up. You know, and it's, yeah, there's like so way too complicated rules. way too complicated the verse <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write a verse about the infield fly rule in major league baseball <laughs> i'll send it to you rad you, it's you, very you specific yeah. i like it okay i'm, I'm into it very specific sports raps. Very I like specific it. sports raps. That's uh, uh, you could you got that Guinness record locked. <laughs> that could I'm gonna go Instagram for it. Account. I might make I feel a like run. Just yeah, I think you should just. Start Yo, an that's Instagram like TikTok. That. that could be a TikTok thing that could for be a sure. TikTok thing. Yeah, it could be really hmm. specific rule based. <laughs> rap songs yeah exactly just like the quick 30 and and, uh, yeah yeah like all that stuff <laughs> talk about free agency <laughs> like you do a whole rap about free I'm agency gonna sal- i'm gonna do a salary cap one yeah salary yeah. cap. okay yeah. okay yeah. We got, I, think, this I think there's something here we might have we got something. something yeah okay all right we'll talk more off air we'll talk more off air okay all right. okay all right. okay <laughs> but like when my when I was teaching, they always uh, Sam. To your point, my, my uh, I used to ask my students to be like, "All right, look, if you're writing a paper like in the exposition paper and you want to talk about something, explain something, say it as to as if you were talking to an alien from another planet, and explain it to them right. in that way, where it's the most simplistic thing that anybody could understand, even if they've never." touched a ball before and that's what the basketball song is like literally anybody could pick it up and be like oh i know how to play now <laughs> or I, I understand the rules of this game you know so yeah that. it's very that's explanatory <laughs> all right um let's go over to track eight now you've got a uh, a really fun song here crossover by epmd mm. uh crossover is fun ironic as as well um, you know, double meaning crossover is a basketball term when you take the ball and bounce it from one hand to the other. Also in music crossover means you know, something becomes successful because it crosses to a new audience. Um, ironically, the entire song by APMD is talking about how they will not sell out. Right. They'll never make a pop record. And then ironically, this is their number one they make a pop record. <laughs> selling yeah. record. They make a pop record. Like this, this becomes their pop hit. And it's about how they won't go pop. And <laughs> and I love it because, you know, it, it kind of kind of can cease those debates where people, at least in, in, you know, barbershop culture, people are like, oh, man, this person was cool, but they sold out. You know, they started making records like this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, what's what's selling out? Oh, they went pop. And it's like, well, you know, pop is only short for popular. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like right. literally anything could become popular, you know, especially right. with the TikTok generation. So. That's uh, the song that I made that you loved because two people liked it could go, could go viral and get popular. And then now I went pop and you don't like it anymore. You know, <laughs> so these are the weird arguments I used to have in, on the playground when I was young or in the barbershop. And uh, and that's why for me, and it's just like a great, super funky beat. So hard. Great bass line and uh, and great lyrics, too. I love like um, what do you say? Uh so many rappers selling they soul to go gold 
going, 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 another rapper sold to who? Pop and R&B, but not the MD. I'm strictly hip hop. I stick to Kid Capri, you know? So it's like, all right, well, <laughs> you, you did that. And it's now a popular song. So, you know, thinking, thinking that like hip hop isn't pop, you know, and, and, and thinking right. that at that time, that was the mentality in the early nineties. Right, right. Like this isn't, this is not pop music. It's rap music, you know? And now it's literally one of the same today. Yeah, I mean, think about like Drake with like a trillion streams oh every year on Spotify, right? I mean, what right. would they think of him? <laughs> oh yeah, he's popped That's right. for sure. That's right. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so track nine, we go to "For the Love of the Game" by DJ Jazzy Jeff, solo DJ Jazzy Jeff. Yeah, just Jazzy Jeff, no fresh no prints. Fresh um, so this he put out his first album maybe early 2000s um called the magnificent and i was so excited to get it because i was like oh man it's, what's jazzy jeff been up to you know like we hear about what will smith's doing every second and so i was really excited a small label put it out and i remember buying it and the the beats were awesome and uh, he, he he enlisted a bunch of other rappers on each song like there's like these up-and-comer rappers on it so this song for the love of the game samples Oh, wait a second. I got to figure it out. I don't remember that sample. Was it Grover Washington Jr.? Um, oh, gosh. I got to figure it out. What's um? What's that site where they do that? Who sampled? Oh, I'm giving up too much information here. <laughs> giving up the game. <laughs> so apparently who sampled is kind of frowned upon in the uh, <laughs> in the hip hop. Is it really? Because yeah, they're telling on people like who who you sampled and stuff. But see, you know? I think I think that's kind of for me. That's sometimes the fun part of listening to some hip hop songs is when I connect it to that other song or to see what they did with it. Like that's where I get. I, I don't know. To me, it makes it more interesting. But I like that too. Yeah. As a as a you know, we're we're seekers of knowledge. You know, <laughs> but. But on the other side, there's seekers of, you know, of lawsuits. Ah, yes. Who, well, there's that too. <laughs> who, who hang out on this on this site and say, oh, you sampled me and I don't remember mm. ever getting the check for that. Yes, yes. Hmm, let's talk. And so there are literally people like money hungry lawyers who comb these websites uh. for stuff like this and find out who is stolen from some old school artist who maybe had a really bad deal back in the day, you know, and then they attempt to chase them down for for money you know and sometimes all samples aren't cleared you know and uh and i didn't realize that but i, I heard a couple of djs talk about that like every sample you hear doesn't mean that they went through the proper right, channels right. to yeah. to clear it so um so for the love of the game it samples uh george benson has a great song called face it boy it's over um and it's a simple loop he takes this very tiny piece of that song and just and it's a it's maybe like a is it a guitar solo or just like a little riff, and uh, and he loops that and it becomes from 15 seconds becomes the the backbone of this amazing three minute song, which is just about doing what you love and loving what you do, and uh, and so for the last song on my album, I also sampled this record and then used that to create a new song with my friend Kay Murdoch. And uh, we got piano from my guy, Rob Kovacs, and wrote a song about how I loved video games, hip hop and basketball, all of which are referred to as games. You know, it's like, oh, the rap game or the, you know, the, the, you know, video games or an actual sport, which is (laughs) called a game. So 
so yeah it was it was me writing verses about how much i loved those three things and um and how what I do now, especially particularly with this album, is for the love of the game. Like I'm giving this as a as a as a gift back to the to to the things that have raised me, which were basketball, hip hop, and video games. Yeah, that's that was great. a long explanation, long way to get there. No, but that's great. That's no, great. I love it. I'm, I absolutely. Love I'm glad it. we got to talk about who sampled though, because that's that's very interesting. <laughs> that um, is very interesting. So if you ever do want to seek some knowledge, it's a fun site for that. But um, but also be aware that people definitely abuse it uh, yeah you know <laughs> i would imagine so <laughs> um so speaking of games this next one kind of reminded me of of my first introduction with video games um it's called all the things by dual core and uh, i had not heard the song but i loved it and i especially love the fact that he references a commodore 64 because that yes. was my first computer at home and also my first foray into like computer games which then i grew up just loving and i was like oh my god nice. it is so rare for me to run into people who like had access to a commodore 64 <laughs> i'm younger than the two of you so it was like a little bit you know like at this point like modern computers are starting to kind of like mm -hmm. make their way through the world yeah mm -hmm. um but it was just like it was so much fun i love that thing i like it was fantastic so this was a really fun song a lot of nostalgia and then like a lot of geeky things in here that were great so oh yeah so one. so dual core is um a nerdcore rap group a duo um who make hacker rap um the rapper in 80 is a professional hacker wow. you know and uh and so there's this interesting subgenre of like nerd music where hackers make music and uh and some of them you know there's good hackers white hat hackers yeah. there's bad hackers black hat and um and these guys are the good guys, you know, and they, they maybe work for your favorite organizations, or global takeover uh, attempting organizations and try to keep the, the bad guys out, like try to keep those sites from being hacked. You know, I remember MySpace being the thing a long time ago and uh, and then MySpace being overrun by spam, you know, and then right. it was like, all right, I don't want to be here anymore. This is this is gross. This is annoying. So there are people who try to keep social sites, you know, alive by not you know by not letting spam and stuff in so these guys do that and some of them you know they're bad guy hackers too where they'll just make a song about oh man i'll hack your website i'll hack your life you know and like i'll scam your credit cards and your you know drain your account you know <laughs> so so dual core is one of the good guys and um and this is like the anthem song like at conventions hacker cons um you know any nerd conventions you play this song most of the people know the words drink all the booze hack all the things you know <laughs> it's great. it's kind of the mantra <laughs> when you're when you're in these events you know right. and uh and so it's it's just so it's so anthemic but also i realized that it's 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 an anthem to a very you know limited group of people so i wanted more people to know about it and this guy's really good at rapping the producer's really good at making beats and um they got a bunch of great music so please check out uh dual core i use a little bit of the drink all the booze hack all the things on a song on my album boxing one with del the funky homo sapien the end of it the 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 end the end like kind of refrain is me saying drink all the booze hack all the things you know and and <clears throat> I essentially imagined myself at one of those conventions like saying that and getting getting that response back you know and things like that so so yeah I wanted to open it to a, a bit of a, a a different audience no I love that I had no idea there was this subgenre of uh of hip hop that was so focused specifically on hacking that's that's amazing it seems I think there's a, a subgenre for 
anything that's a good point in hip-hop yeah. <laughs> i mean look at me i'm the video game rap guy that's fair there's that's fair. there's there's brony rappers there's specifically anime rappers there's specifically pokemon rappers like there's any nerddom fandom i'm sure there are people making music about it <laughs> all right so let's see moving on here track 11 we got in and out by is it ohane is that how you pronounce it ohane and he's from philly yes um from philadelphia um my my introduction to to music is because of ohenny um he and i got together and we're a part of a group in philly called rom nation r-a-h-m reform and healing movement and that was like my first like rap crew and uh we used to go around to like you know uh, churches uh, community centers orphanages schools and talk about the goodness of hip-hop you know and um and uh, we taught a we co-taught a class together at Temple University in Philly, and um, about hip hop. Like he would teach the art of rap, and I was one of his like TAs. And um, he put out an album around that time called The Rapidemics, which is this song appears on, um, which was like a local classic. Man, it was a record that a lot of people just loved, and that was how I met DN3, who makes the majority of the beats on Live ninety five, um, who worked on that album. Um, and so many other people. And uh, this is a short song. It's like a little, little like parable, uh, you know, and it's called In and Out because he uses in words and out words in order to tell this story. And I thought it was very creative. And on um, my record, there's a bonus track. I'm not sure if you guys heard the bonus version, but there's a song called Over Under, uh, which does something very similar where I talk about I tell a story about myself, but I'm using all over and under words. So I was overwhelmed, underutilized, you know, and things like that. So that was uh, my bit of a homage to a guy who was very instrumental to my to my beginning and my path. That is super cool. I didn't even I, I feel foolish now because I didn't catch that in the lyrics of this one. But now that you said that and I'm looking at the lyrics, I'm like, right, of course. That's really cool. That's very clever. Yeah, he said, I was in and out of work when I met my influence. Uh, a guy who was great with instruments. And then I love how he ends it. He said, be about letting truth in and I'm out. <laughs> you know, like that was it. That's like You got to end it with the classic rap tune with the rap, rap phrase. <laughs> I'm out. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that was good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. so cool. All right, um, track 12 here. We've got a Prince track, and you've got mm. Chelsea Rogers. Mm. Oh, man, this is such a funky track. This is, um, it is. It's an odd one, because I don't think Prince has any vocals on it, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. But this was from later, one of a later release was this Planet Earth. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is on Planet Earth, which is a record that I, I really loved. And it's funny because, like, I'm a huge Prince fan, but I always love the slow songs more. Like, you know, Purple Rain or, um, you know, just the, the, the ballads, yeah. you know. But this one was just super upbeat and funky. And, like, this is one that I play when I'm, like, when I don't want to get up out of bed, you know. And um, and for me, this hit me. This was a couple. Eh, this was a late edition because this was, like, maybe about two months ago. I was um, in Minnesota and we had a chance to go to the Prince uh, Museum, like to the studio, oh, yeah. to Paisley Park. And I was like, heck, yeah, I'm going. We got to go to Paisley Park. And we went and um, and it was an awesome experience. But then 
so you're walking through these rooms, you see all here's this wardrobe from Purple Rain, here's this motorcycle from this, here's that, here's that. And then you open this one door, you're like, all right. Then the, the guide is like, here's my favorite room. And then the lights come on. And this shoes. Nothing but shoes. Every every high heel shoe he's ever worn for as far as you can see. And the lights come on so dramatically. And once every light is on. Chelsea Rogers hits oh. this song. Oh. So it sounds like a straight disco party. Oh. Like it's perfect. That's awesome. And I'm just like, like that moment in my mind, like that's a forever moment for me. And now like when I hear that song, I think about that. And so looking around at every high heel shoe he's, he had ever worn. I mean, that's probably 200 pairs just all around. They're all custom made. Here's the Versace one. Here's the, this one, then that one. And here's the one he wore at the, the Golden Globes. Here's the one, you know. And man, it was just, and the whole time you're reading that, this song is on loop. And I was just like, this is a jam, you know. And to me, my favorite room was the next room, which is his his uh, soundstage. Mm. You know, where you go into the soundstage and it's like where he used to demo his albums for people. Like when they were done, he would just call friends over and like, hey, listen to me play this stuff. And I'm like, my gosh. And it's so big. Uh, I didn't realize that the space that was in that place, there's cars in the soundstage. Like they put wow. cars from all the movies. They probably weren't there in the beginning, but it's just so big right. that you could fit a line of cars like kind of diagonally parked on each side of the stage boom 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 and i was just blown away and uh it was amazing so uh yes that's where chelsea rogers that's incredible it's added and so upbeat and upbeat music is what made me write that song tractor beam which to me is like kind of the sore thumb of the album where you know it's a completely different sound than everything else i'm singing the whole record um and so i was like i need something upbeat like i want people to feel like i felt when i walked in that room you know i want people to just groove you know and just move and just you know and so that's where tractor beam came from was that that weekend in minneapolis (laughs) that is great <laughs> that is a great inspiration for a song because that's that's an amazing song. Um, track thirteen, mm-hmm. we go to "Just Don't" featuring Yukimi Nakano, and uh, the lead singer on this is, of course, Rafael Sadiq, who I think it's fair to say is the most successful member of Tony Tony Tony. Is that fair? Mm, I'd say that's that's fair. Okay. That's fair. Okay. I don't even know the other guys. I think <laughs> um, I literally don't know the other that's guys. That's why names. I think it's fair to say, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Honestly, for this one, man, I could pick any Raphael Sadiq song. I, I'm such a big fan. Yeah. Um, multi-instrumentalist, just like great singer. Um, and so this album particularly was one where he did a lot of songs that sounded like like they were older songs. You know, like he used a lot of production techniques from like the 50s and 60s and uh, and just created a really great pure organic warm sound and uh and there's so many good ones you know so i i could have just closed my eyes and just threw a threw a dart you know and found a good one but but at the moment this is the one i was into just don't and um i love his voice you know so distinctive um and then like i said multi-instrumentalist just who just constantly never fails to impress you know like there's very few musicians i mean he's probably I'd say he's a little unsung and underrated, you know, where people don't really talk about him. But like, you know, you talk about Prince and multi-instrumentation and uh, and just being so multi-talented. I think Sadiq is cut from that same cloth, you know, uh, just in that very same way where he can do anything and it's always going to be impressive. So 
big, big fan of Raphael Sadiq. Anything he drops, I, I got to check out. Yeah, that's a great comparison to Prince because, yeah, so many of his songs do have so many different instruments, but it's just reliably good, right? It's just mm-hmm. everything sounds really good when he does it. So, yeah, great track. Mm-hmm. Great track here. It is. Um, it's so catchy, too. Like, the chorus is so catchy in that song. Yeah, <laughs> I, it I is. love it. That was a great it one. It is. Um, so right. I was doing a lot of sorry to cut you off. I was definitely doing a lot of studying, you know, choruses and things for, you know, me writing new, especially writing a song like Tractor Beam, which I'd never done before. I'm like, what makes a chorus catchy? What makes something get stuck in your head? You know, so I was just doing a lot of research. And that's when I, I found myself on a lot of Raphael Sadiq material. Nice. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. All righty. Track 14. You've got Cowboys to Girls by The Intruders. <laughs> this was one of my mom's jams. Um, I feel like I bought this CD for her probably several times, like the Intruders Greatest Hits or the Gold Collection or something. There's just so many. Um, and so this is definitely the kind of music my mom would play on a Saturday morning, cleaning up the house, you know. So that's a big part of my memories in the 90s, especially like I was in college in 95, but when I would come home, it was just back to normal. It's like, all right, you're not sleeping late. It's Saturday. Get up. <laughs> That's right. You know, That's right. Grab, grab a broom, grab a mop, grab a vacuum, <laughs> get to work, you know, and, and this music will be playing. So, so when I play this, I think about me sitting in my old bedroom, you know, trying to sleep late and she's not having it. So she turns the music up louder, you know? And uh, so, yeah, it gave me some good feelings, which is why I, I put it on this playlist for sure. That's great. You know, that's so funny because when we had Tony Smith of a band Sleeper Agent, he had one of his songs um, mentioning that it was because it, he heard it every single it was Sunday morning, I think, for him, where his mom would play it. And then it meant it was time to clean the house. And so then he had this visceral reaction that he couldn't listen to that song anymore because it was just a, <laughs> or if he did listen to it, it would immediately want to just start cleaning. Um, uh, just, and wasn't it, I can see that. It was like Ride Like the Wind or something, or wasn't it? Like Christopher Cross or I something? Can, was it that? I cannot oh, remember wow. right now, but I, I just know. I loved it. <laughs> Both yeah. of you had a story like that. Um, I wonder if there's something there, you know. <laughs> you... Huh. See, my mom wouldn't play yeah. music. My mom would just yell more if I wasn't waking up. Right. It was just a lot, of, yeah. a lot more yelling. But that might be, <laughs> you know, might be having Middle Eastern parents have something to do with that, Samer. Right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's something there. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, track 15. I'm excited about this one. Champion by Pastor Troy. And once it started playing, I immediately got fired up because that was Goldberg's entrance music. And I was like, yes, somebody mm-hmm. sampling this song. That, that was my ringtone for like five years. And uh, it was just so I was fired up when somebody would call me. Yes, um, for sure. Goldberg's music definitely gets me hype. Still makes me chant, Goldberg, <laughs> Goldberg. And um, I was on stream one day on Twitch and someone came through and was like, dude, did you know? that there's a rapper who did a song with Goldberg's music. And I'm like, no way. And so then I found it and I was like, oh, this is hype, man. Like, this is some good stuff. And uh, and, and Pastor Troy was like a admitted wrestling fan, like proud, you know, in, in his videos, he would wear the wrestling belt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he was very proud of his wrestling, you know, influences. And so even in the song, he, he does a chant, pastor, yeah. pastor, you know, like the Goldberg chant. And yeah, man, it's a, it's a fun song. 
and uh it just gets me hype man i play it on my dj streams when i'm playing stuff and it just mm, i usually end it with it it's like all right here's the ending like the, the strong finish track you know like i gotta it get the big finish on so hard yeah it hits so hard yeah i love it when I found it on YouTube, like someone had uploaded it, it was like Pastor Troy Champion, and then in parentheses it was like "Crunkest Song Ever," all in caps. <laughs> crunkest song ever. And so I was like, "Yeah, that's what I'm gonna call it. This is the crunkest song ever." <laughs> that is appropriate. Um, all right, home stretch here, track sixteen. Um, you've got "We Got Our Own Thing" by Heavy D and the Boys, and I just gotta say, this features of all the lyrics I read through, you know, going through this mix. My absolute favorite one, as a what I'm considering as a burn, and he he raps, "You're a chicken McNugget and I'm a Big Mac." And I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, so funny. I like um, mainly, especially for this one. The beat is awesome. It's just this great yeah. '90s New Jack swing. So that was an awesome era for like urban music for sure. Like Teddy Riley and a lot of those guys were creating music that had this really cool upbeat hip hop sensibility with also r&b you know like smoothness and um and then you know heavy d was my mom's favorite rapper you know because he was clean he he could dance you know it was always like something like uh and he'd give you a little bit of you know some uh <clears throat> like some i guess a little bit of a positive he's always positive yeah. but he would always give you like some some nuggets of pun intended. Uh, he'd give you some nuggets, and uh, and the first one I love that in this. I think it's the same verse as the chicken McNugget one. He says something about like uh, he ends it with um, he talks about. Oh no, no, that, that's not even that verse. He talks about like being uh, what did he say? He said uh, I took I took the, something up. Uh, brainstorm soloist have a coca-cola with doing very well because i took the right road to this path make a undertaker record breaker get all the the floor do the heavy d shaker started with a pow and i'm gonna end it with a bang we got our own thing and i was like that is so 90s so cheesy but like so perfect i i just loved it and um man he, he encapsulates the 90s for me uh you know like the great outfits he wore oh, yeah. the the colors you know the baggy pants and the suits, suits like pantsuits yes. yeah yeah right. like right. i i just like that cover especially the album big time yeah. they're all in there like big big suits and uh man just, I, I just that just for the, for me like when i think 90s and that's what i was definitely going for for not just the record but for this playlist this is like a perfect song for that no i remember i had this cassette tape growing up and uh it's funny how memory works because the second i heard this song i also thought to myself he did this on an episode of a different world once and, <laughs> and then i actually looked it up because i was like did i remember that correctly and sure enough, he, he did. did. <laughs> I was like, wow, I can't remember my neighbor's name. And yet I was able to pull that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah, no, big fan of this song. Big fan of Heavy D. So, so great pick. Nice. Um, all right. Now we're going to switch it up a little bit for the last track here. <laughs> you go with a, a Tom Waits song, Step Right Up. So little bit of a different choice here given the rest of this mix so talk about why this one was your closer here man um this one's another one I, I discovered earlier in the year um mc front a lot put put me onto it this is 
he said this was a song he heard that made him a fan of Tom Waits. Like he loves Tom Waits. And uh, and I was like, all right, well, let me listen to this. Because, you know, you know Tom Waits for the, <laughs> the voice and, you know. Uh, but also, like, very brilliant songwriter. And this, man, this blew my mind the first time I heard it. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's basically taking, you know, everything you've ever seen or heard in an infomercial yeah. from, like, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, whatever. And he fits it all in. Sometimes it rhymes, sometimes it doesn't. But yet there's such a cadence and a rhythm to his delivery that is brilliant. Like this song is absolutely brilliant. It came out in like 76. And to me, like I would cover this song today. You know what I yeah. mean? Like this is a song that someone could cover today and it would still be just as cool. You know, I, I just was blown away you know, from this song. And it made me like, it made me a fan too. So I started digging through, you know, like he talks about like, uh, what's what's like my favorite lie where he's just like, well, he keeps bringing in the step right up, which I think is so good. So it's just like, gets rid of blackheads and, and, uh, did gives you danger. If it gets you, finds you a job, it is a job. (laughs) You know, it, it like, I I just like, it's everything that like a fast talking salesman, would say to you you know and it's oh man it's just just brilliant like i I feel like he probably saw a late night infomercial and just got to work but it's just brilliant you know i i can't even explain any other way i just love it so much (laughs) that it it gives you an erection it wins the election (laughs) like come on dude (laughs) come on so good amazing like yeah it's it's I got like it's like an auctioneer's vibe almost right because the way that he's just gargling his words and repeating things over and over and over again every now and then it's like it is it's genius it's so fantastic it's brilliant like I wonder how much of it was like written down and how much of it was improvised you know what I mean like it's I, I, I can't even fathom like putting that together like in that way <laughs> it's just it's kind of mind-blowing <laughs> no that's great and a great way to uh to end this uh this mega mix we usually only go 12 songs we went 17 tracks on this one. Oh, dang so awesome job this was this was an amazing mix and uh great to hear the inspiration behind your new album live 95 which uh tell the people out there they could they could stream it everywhere right you can wherever you get fine music and any of these uh digital service providers will have it just type in mega Rand live 95 right now it is the number 100 album in the country on the billboard 200 which makes me really excited that's awesome so uh Go on, stream it, buy it. We have, um, thanks to Needle Juice Records, we are doing vinyl. We are doing cassettes. We got CDs. And, uh, you know, it slices, it dices, all that. <laughs> step <laughs> so, right up. Step, step right, right up. up. Step right, right up. Right. Step right up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll enjoy it. If you love hip-hop, basketball, storytelling, you know, humor, the 90s, uh, I really think you'll enjoy it. So check it out. It's so good. We'll definitely have a link to it in our show notes, too. So if you're listening to this, check out the show notes. Um, we'll link nice. out to it on, on Spotify, Apple Music, all, all the places. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was amazing. Uh, we really enjoyed it. I uh, hope you did, too. Um, for all the listeners out there, uh, this is another. Uh, this is a very special, super awesome mix for your collection. And we'll be back next week with another one. So for Ran, for Samer, this is Matt, and we will see you then.
Super Awesome Mix is brought to you by DLM. Make shopping easy with DLM, the one-stop shop for all your casual clothing needs. Shop DLMSupplyCode.com and enter the promo code AWESOME at checkout to save 15% off your first purchase. That's DLMSupplyCode.com. 